Funding for The Spark is provided by Capital Blue Cross, focused on creating a healthier future for our communities through innovations like Capital Blue Cross Connect Health and Wellness Centers, which provide in-person services and inspire healthy living. Learn more at CapitalBlueCross.com. The Spark is also supported by UPMC, providing primary and advanced specialty care throughout all of central Pennsylvania and beyond. A list of providers in the area can be found at upmc.com slash findadoc. Welcome back to The Spark. I'm Scott Lamar. Traveling the world is only a dream for most of us. Few get to realize that dream firsthand, and maybe we read about or watch documentaries of far-off exotic places. Our guest today not only read about the world, but lived out her dream. Sherry Knowlton is a native of Chambersburg. She's visited more than 50 countries on six continents. She's written about her adventures in two of the books she has written, Beyond the Sunset, a travel memoir, volumes one and two. Sherry Knowlton joins us on The Spark today. Welcome to the program. Oh, well, thank you. I'm glad to be here. All right. That introduction doesn't do you or your adventures justice. There are some adventures that you mention in your books offhandedly, and maybe cover a page or two that other authors would write whole books about. <laughs> I mean, you were at Woodstock, Woodstock for, for in 1969. So when someone asks you about your travels over 50 years, how do you answer? Oh, um, basically that travel is an important part of my life. Uh, the more places I go to, the more places I want to visit, uh, and that everybody should do the same if you can. When you say the more places you go, the more you want to visit, why? Uh, I I think I'm a little bit of a travel junkie at it this point. It sounds that way, yeah. Um, but there are so many places in the world. Uh, a lot of them I read about as a kid and I wanted to go there. But now I'll go on a trip with my husband. We'll meet somebody who's been to XYZ. They talk about how great it was. Uh, like going to see polar bears in Churchill, Manitoba, Canada is a good example of that. I really didn't know about it until somebody told us they'd been there. And uh, it was like, oh, wow, that's a great thing to do. So the next year, we went to Churchill to see polar bears. You mentioned reading. And if I go back to when you were uh, much younger as a, I think even before a teenager, but as a teenager, mm -hmm. that reading is really what kind of inspired you to travel, right? I, I, yeah, I think so. Um, because partly the reading and then partly I think I have this little bit of restlessness in my nature. But when I was a kid, always had my nose in a book, as my mother would say. Uh, and I read about places, you know, uh, I'd read about Spain when I read Hemingway. I read about Greece when I read Mary Stewart. I you know, read all of this stuff about Rome. Uh, and every time I read about someplace, I wanted to go there. Uh, and partly, uh, I grew up, as you said, in Chambersburg, pretty conservative, small town, uh, at least back then in the 50s. And, you know, I've moved far away now to the Carlisle area. <laughs> But back then, you know, trips were a, a week at the beach uh, on the Jersey Shore uh, so that uh, I never was able to go all, to all those places. And then suddenly, as I uh, graduated from college and, you know, stepped out into the world more on my own, then I started to uh, go 
to more and more places and luckily found a husband, uh, or he found me, uh, who loved to travel just as much. Well, whoever found whom, <laughs> it was at Dickinson College in, in Carlisle. Yes. Uh, your husband, Michael, uh, you, uh, you two, when you graduated... You traveled across the country, and as you said, your vacations before that were to the Jersey Shore. So this was across the country, and this is like your early 70s, almost a movie, in a, in a van, and probably you were considered a hippie, and maybe your husband was too. Oh, yeah. Tell us about that trip. Yeah. Well, we decided um, that uh, after graduation, of uh, my graduation, what we'd do was set off to see America, you know, sort of like that Simon and Garfunkel sign, uh, song. And... He had a van, uh, so we uh, fitted it out with a bed and, you know, a, a cooler and some stuff like that and uh, did a huge circle um, around the country, going north to Maine and to Canada, across the, the west to the west coast, down the west coast, uh, and then to the Grand Canyon and had a wonderful time. Um, we did run out of money in Wyoming, so we spent a month in my own Wyoming working. Uh, I was a waitress in a cowboy bar, 24-hour cowboy bar, and my husband with his long hair washed dishes and got a lot of guff from all the cowboys. Um, and when by the time we'd reached after Wyoming, gone on to the Grand Canyon, uh, our van broke down on coming from the desert. Uh, at night, and it, basically the engine was fried. Uh, so we got a tow back to uh, a city. Um, we bought, <laughs> sort of cobbled together enough money from uh, being wired some and a credit card that we had to buy a, a Javelin, which is one of those old muscle cars, oh, yeah. loaded two dogs into the car and everything else we could salvage, and headed back home to Pennsylvania. Uh, we seriously had 32 cents in our pocket by the time we reached home, but we were hooked on travel from now, then. was there a plan as you were making this travel, or did you just go from place to place and, like, plan a day ahead? Well, we had a general plan of all the places that we wanted to see, uh, but... Pretty much, you know, we planned as we went along. Um, you know, if it was some place that was absolutely beautiful, maybe we'd stay a couple days. Um, you know, uh, we are we had engine trouble actually at an earlier time too, so we sank down into Kansas City where I had a friend staying and stayed at her house while we got it repaired. That was before the ultimate disaster. <laughs> So how did you afford this? I mean, now you had a mattress in a van, mm -hmm. but you had to park the van somewhere. Well, back then, National Forest campgrounds cost a dollar a night <laughs> in most places. Um, we had a little bit of savings. We'd been saving up. Um, and... Uh, we just, it was very bare budget, uh, and that's why I think we had miscalculated in that regard, uh, because we really did run out of money by the time we were hitting Wyoming. So uh, where were some of your favorite places across the country on that oh, trip? Well, um, 
New England. Um, we love Maine and New Hampshire, and and then we went back there and hiked time and time again afterwards. Yeah, you actually hiked Mount Washington rather than the bumper sticker that says, "I uh, climbed Mount. I drove uh, Mount Washington." Yes, New Hampshire. these feet climbed Mount right, <laughs> Mount right, Washington. Right. Um, but also um, the West, um, the the classic West of the mountains, uh, Yellowstone, the Tetons. We were in the Tetons for a month in in Jackson whole. So we really got a chance to, to really see them a lot. Um, and then the Pacific Coast, uh, the, the Northwest, the Oregon Coast is just, just beautiful. But, you know, this country has so many places that are spectacular. It's really hard to even name them all. All right. I'm going to go back before even that trip and uh, crank some music here. All right, you may recognize that. Yes. Uh, that is the iconic uh, Jimi Hendrix national anthem at Woodstock. Before you graduated, this was your first year at Dickinson. You actually went to Woodstock, right? Yeah, we did. How did that happen? Um, my friend and I saw an ad in the Harrisburg Patriot, the Sunday Patriot, that said conference, and at that point, or What's it called? I'm thinking. Concert. Concert, yes. I'm mm. sorry. I do that a lot these days. Me too. Um, concert in Bethel, New York. Um, now, it ultimately got changed a little bit, but. Uh, so we sent away for tickets and got a group of our friends together, about six of us, six or seven of us. Uh, one of the guys had a big van, um, and a group of us from Chambersburg went up, went up to Woodstock. Um, we didn't know. We just thought we were going to a good concert. Um, we actually bought tickets. In fact, I still have the tickets. Oh, <laughs> since, I was going to ask you about that. Since they weren't collected. Um, and... We, a lot of us did a lot of camping, uh, so we, you know, took tents, we took food, the, the things that you'd think you would do when you're going away for a long weekend. Uh, we got there a day early and had enough uh, food and, you know, so forth to stay a day late uh, and then experienced Woodstock. <laughs> People I have spoken to or read about and their experiences at Woodstock either say that it was the greatest experience of their life or they have horror stories. From what I read in your book, you're, I don't know about the greatest experience of your life, but you had a good time. Yes, um, I think we all had a good time. Now, even in the rain? Even in the rain. But, you know, we were young. I was like, what, 18? Uh, 18. And uh, we had tents. Uh, we saw wonderful music. Uh, couldn't uh, begin to to absorb all the acts or, or go to every uh, minute of the concert. Um, but... It was just fun. It, you know, it was like far out. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear Hendrix live? From where our tents were, which were not too far away, I, I remember getting up in the morning. It was, Sunday, it was Monday morning, right? I think it was Sunday morning. Sunday morning, okay. Um, crawling out of the tent and hearing Hendrix play the national anthem. Yeah. 
Our guest on The Spark is Sherry Noten. She's a world traveler. I mean, a lot of people say that, uh, kind of being sarcastic when they travel a lot, but uh, Sherry actually can say it. She's traveled to 50 countries and six continents. Uh, two of her books that she has written, Beyond the Sunset, a travel memoir, volumes one and two, uh, that talk about uh, her travels around the world and have some tips for travelers as well. So I'm sure this is a question that you are asked very often. Of the places you visited in those 50 countries, six continents, your favorite place? You know, it's hard to really say a favorite, but I really would have to say that it's Africa, meaning African safaris. Um, My husband, Mike, and I have been now on seven safaris to Africa, uh, to different countries there, uh, and actually have a big uh, return trip to southern Africa planned for this July. So, you know, there's tons of places, Tuscany, Provence, um, you know, Southeast Asia that I love, have loved to visit. Uh, New Zealand's astounding. But... um, Africa just keeps bringing us, beckoning us back again and again. What is it about Africa? I think we love the animals. um, And I think just the whole experience of being out in the wild, very remote, um, and we try to go as remote as possible. um, And the, the routine of being on safari is to me an ideal vacation because it takes you out of the pre, you know your typical day-to-day life and you know you get into a routine you're out with the animals you rise with the sun you you go to bed when the sun sets uh, and uh, you just see all sorts of exciting things and you get in land rovers and you know rocket over the the plains to find animals that when somebody calls a guy and says, oh, we've just spotted a leopard here. Uh, I mean, it's just an exciting, fun thing to do. You have had, you and your husband have had some close encounters with wild animals. Talk about those a little bit, if you would. Uh, Well, um, I guess sticking with Africa uh, to start, uh, one of the most terrifying moments of my life (laughs) came in Africa. Uh, We were in Botswana in the Okavanga Delta, uh, and my husband and I were with a guide um, on a small boat, you know, like a rowboat, a little bit bigger than a rowboat, but with a motor. Uh, And the the channels of the Okavanga sort of wind, and there's real tall grasses, so you really can't see what's around the bend a lot. Uh, And this morning, uh, as we rounded the bend, uh, we came upon um, a hippo, a lone hippo, and rogue hippos um, are usually males that are cast out of the, the pod, out of their family. So they're not happy. It makes them really irritable. Uh, and this guy, uh, instead of usually with hippos, you just go to the other bank and you can you know float right by, this guy wasn't having it. And 
and he charged us. Um, you know, uh, it would be a long story to tell you all the times that he charged us, but he kept charging and charging. Uh, and finally, the guide put the boat over on a small island, uh, right nestled right up against the island. And this <laughs> this hippo just like kept coming. You could see his teeth like they're you know they're two feet long. Seriously, hippos have huge teeth, uh, and they are the cause of more deaths in Africa than anything else, the malaria. Um, so uh, the guide at this point is saying, well, if he turns the boat upside down, run for that palm tree. Well, this palm tree was like 30 feet away, very skinny. And I figured, oh, my God, I am dead if I have to run Wish for this palm tree. We were back in Chambersburg tree. at that point, right? <laughs> at that point, Africa wasn't so great. <laughs> but uh, he did back off, and the guide scooted around, and he chased us. He chased us for a while. And then in order to avoid coming back the same channel, which he had originally planned to do, the guide got out of the boat and actually pulled it through a very... Uh, low water area uh, to avoid the hippo again. Wow. So you also have had some encounters with bears. Your spirit bear, what's oh, that? Yes, that was in British Columbia. And spirit bears are just beautiful bears. They're um, called, uh, officially, I think it's Kermode bear, but they live only on a few islands in British Columbia. Uh, they are black bears with a genetic mutation that makes them uh, white or sort of a champagne color. And they're big. I, you know, bears are big, but these are really big bears. And so we were on a, a tugboat uh, that was was going around the islands, and we got off to go look for these spirit bears. And we had a guide, um, a native um, in Canada, First Peoples uh, is what they call the indigenous people, uh, who took us to where these bears were. And they were habituated enough that they, we knew that we had a good chance of seeing them. They didn't run away at the first sight of, of people. But um, we waited, oh, for hours. And then finally, I was sitting on a log uh, down in a, a creek bed, a wide creek bed. Uh, and this, all of a sudden, this bear comes rumbling out of the woods, uh, comes down, and basically uh, starts to eat salmon right in front of the, gr the small group of us. Uh, and I have my camera taking a picture of it. And then he, you know, he looks straight at me. And it was like, you're sitting about 20 feet away from a bear, Sherry. Um, but I guess, you know, he was more interested in the salmon than me. The The wonderful thing about spirit bears is they're revered by the First Peoples in British Columbia. And I think it's actually the the uh, province's, uh, you know, uh, province animal or something. But it was a rare opportunity and quite wonderful. So what inspired you to write the books Beyond the Sunset, a travel memoir, volumes one and two? For years, people have been telling Mike and me, oh, you should write a book about this and take all your pictures, which we do exhibit in locally, but, you know, take your pictures and write a book about this. Uh, and the pandemic came and we couldn't go anywhere. 
Um, oh, that would have killed you, And it, it was. I mean, I was distraught that we couldn't go traveling anymore. And so this was my way to do two things. You know, sort of say, okay, well, people have been telling me to write a book, so I will. Uh, and then uh, secondly, uh, you know, it was just a way to relive um, our travels. Uh, and I ended up having so much that uh, our my publisher, Sunbury Press, decided to make it two volumes instead of one. He said, "You, uh, Lawrence Nor, the publisher, said, you can't put all of that into one book. You have to divide it up into two. So something good did come out of the pandemic for you. It did. It yeah. did. Yeah. Yes. Probably there were some other good books that came out of the pandemic as well because people were home. So after the pandemic, when you felt safe to travel again, where was the first place you went? Ireland. We'd never been to Ireland, uh, and we were with a small group, a tour, and uh, everybody that we, every restaurant that we went into, every hotel, we must have been one of the first groups of Americans, and they were just overjoyed to finally have somebody begin to travel again from the States. Mm. So that was the, the first one. Mm. I, you know, your books also have tips for people traveling. Mm-hmm. In the last six months or so, the air travel industry has just been chaotic. Mm -hmm. What kind of advice would you have for people? Because obviously you had to do a lot of flying. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, uh, you know, one of the books, one of the tips in my books is take a picture of your luggage. (laughs) So that, and you know, have the details because luggage gets lost easily. Uh, But also, what we always do um, is leave enough time between connections. Um, I've seen a lot of people, and we used to do it a little bit. It's like, oh, there's a half hour here in Philadelphia. You can get from gate 100 to gate 1 with no problem. Well, maybe I'm older, but, uh, but with the airline messes that today... Um, you got to allow time. And then finally, if you're going a long distance, we always leave a day early. It allows you to make sure you you make your flight, but also um, it gives you a chance to adjust to the time zone. Um, you know, you're not like looking at the Acropolis, but you can't see it because you're, you've got sleepers in your eyes because all you want to do is uh, nap. All right. We only have about 30 seconds left, Sherry. I want to thank you very much for being on. I, we could talk all day. Uh, where do you want to go next? Somewhere you haven't been. Oh, somewhere we haven't been. Um, I would like to go to uh, some of the um, countries in South America that we haven't been. We've been to a few, but Ecuador, you know, a few like that would be good. Mm. Anywhere in particular? Mountains? Andes? Um, Yeah, we've been to the Andes, but it would be nice to do that. Or Japan. We've never been to Japan. Really? Mm -hmm. A lot of Americans, that's one of the first places they go when they go overseas. Sherry Knowlton, her books are Beyond the Sunset, a travel memoir, volumes one and two. Sherry, thank you very much for being with us today. Oh, thank you. This has been fun. Yeah. I'm Scott Lamar. Have yourself a great day.